that Iman, one is the seed of Iman. The kalima that a person has brought Iman in. That is deep down in his heart, that is hidden, that is concealed, like a seed that is planted beneath the surface of the earth. A person digs a hole and he plants that seed and it's covered. Nobody knows what is in there, but there's a seed there. The seed starts germinating also, but nobody knows about it. Nobody can see any sign of it at the top. But the seed has the potential to become a huge tree and give all the benefits that a tree gives. But as long as it's just hidden under the ground, nobody knows what's here. But by means of this example, comparing Iman to this tree whose branches are high up in the sky, that is giving its fruit at every moment, what lesson we are being given is that don't leave this Iman hidden underground. This Iman will bring forth its stem. It must allow its branches to come through. It must let the leaves come onto those branches. And those beautiful flowers should show forth. And then it must bring that fruit which moves far and wide. And people get to eat it in distant corners of the world also. But this is the lesson of Iman that we have been given. The Nabi Islam is also saying that Iman has more than 70 branches. All those branches are not underground. Those branches come up out of the ground. And therefore all the branches of Iman should be alive. All the aspects of Iman should be alive. This Iman must give rise to the strength of Ibadah. That a person's salah is in place. Is discharging his zakat, is fasting in the month of Ramadan, if Hajj is compulsory upon him, is performing his Hajj, and all the various amal of deen that are required of him in terms of his ibadah, he's performing his ibadah. And then he doesn't finish off there, it moves on. Then the branch of, the branches of all the other aspects of deen must come forth. And the leaves of Muamalat, and good and proper Islamic dealings that must come in his life. And now in this good dealings, then it is like that shady tree. Anybody who deals with that person feels very comfortable, like the shade of a tree on a hot day. This is a very special day. Now the person is dealing and transacting in such a way, anybody who deals with him feels the comfort of that shade. SubhanAllah, what a wonderful thing. How wonderfully this person deals. And then it doesn't finish off. At that point, either it moves on to the beautiful flowers of Mu'asharat. That how this person interacts with people. Whether it is those in his home or those outside. Those in distant places he has to interact with somebody. Via some kind of electronic communication or whatever. But the way he interacts with people, these are like the beautiful flowers of the tree. From a distance the person is seeing it and he gets attracted. People want to know that what makes this person deal in this manner and interact in this way. What makes him talk in such a wonderful way, in a humble manner, in an endearing way, talking with shakhtat and compassion, talking in kind words, not all the time barking out instructions only, but bringing people into joining hearts. What makes him deal like this? What makes him interact like this? His deen has taught it to him. This is what he learned from his Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. 
And then, furthermore, this tree doesn't stop there. But rather than it brings after the tree, after the leaves and the flowers, then it starts bringing out the fruit of akhlaq as well. <laughs> and the akhlaq now, which everybody gets to taste the beautiful fruit of his akhlaq. Whether it is his parents, whether it is his children, whether it is the spouse, in the case of the husband, his wife, she's also enjoying this masharat, this beautiful flowers that of masharat. She's also comforted by the way he deals. She's also enjoying the fruit of his akhlaq, the very delicious and sweet tasting fruit of his akhlaq that this person has stubborn in his life. He has helm and tolerance in his life. He's somebody who has generosity in him. He's somebody who can easily forgive. He has up in him. He's somebody who has this akhlaq that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam thought. And his neighbors are enjoying that akhlaq. His extended family is benefiting from that akhlaq. And all in sundry are enjoying the beautiful fruit of his akhlaq. Now this is an example of this tree that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is giving us. The Iman has more than 70 branches. And these are the branches of Iman. Every branch of Iman, subhanAllah, what can we say? So this is the lesson that Iman is something living. It's something to be visible in every aspect. It's something that a person, the way he speaks, should become a dawah towards being. Whether he's speaking to how he's speaking to his family, or whether he's speaking to his employees, or to somebody that's a total stranger. Or anybody he comes into contact with, but he's speaking in the way that Nabi Sassam taught how to speak. And among the things that Nabi Sassam gave great emphasis, placed great emphasis upon is Tayyibul Kalam. Speaking in a good way. Can we imagine from the A'mal of Hajj? There are so many things. But Nabi Sallallahu said, Hajj Mabroor, that Hajj which is Mabroor, which is filled with virtue, which is a Hajj, three things mentioned. It'am ta'am, feeding people, ifshaw salam, making salam common, and the third thing, feeble kalam, sweet words. Obviously all the ibadat has to be performed. The tawaf, etc. has to be performed, but there's no Hajj. person doesn't go to Arafat, there's no Hajj. But what highlights this Hajj and brings that virtue in it, these three things. And one of these three things is three more kalam. Talking sweet words. Talking in kind language. Talking in a compassionate way. Even if a person has been disturbed for some reason. Even if he has been provoked. But the provocation won't take him out of the bounds of Sharia. He won't start now letting out all kinds of flowery language. He'll remain within the limits of Sharia and being. If he has to express his displeasure, that expression of displeasure also will be the way Nabi Sassam has. The, within the boundaries Nabi Sassam is made for him. And now that talk of his also will become down towards Islam and deen. So in any case, to take it further, Nabi Sassam says that the Iman of Bitru was a shu'ba fa'afbaluha qawlu la ilaha illallah. The greatest branch of this Iman is la ilaha illallah. One is the very seed of Iman, and then the testifying of this la ilaha illallah. This is the chunk of Iman. But in this, there's a further level. فَأَفْضَلُهَا قَوْلُ لَا إِلَهِ That same لَا إِلَهِ What is the very testimony of Iman? Which brings a person into Iman. 
But in this is the lesson of all the time, also keep refreshing this Iman. The Sahaba would sometimes say to one another, come, let us refresh our Iman. Ta'al mujaddidu imanana. How are you going to refresh this Iman? The qawli la ilaha illallah. By saying la ilaha illallah, by repeating it. And this has been declared as afdalul zikr, la ilaha illallah. The most virtuous of all the azkar is la ilaha illallah. Now, something for us to ponder about, that sometimes the whole day passes, perhaps, perhaps at the time when a person woke up, he might have said, la ilaha illallah. And maybe when you go to sleep. And that too we say perhaps. Many a person says, well I just fall asleep, I don't know what happened before that. I don't remember reading anything. When you wake up, what you do? You see, when I wake up, the first thing I do is I look at the phone. You read, Naila Ayyamullah at least, you say, no, I forget at that time. But you remember to look at the phone. So, that's not something smart. That a person now gets caught up with the smartphone before he can even decide the kalima. That's very unsmart. But in any case, this is the thing to think about. That this is what refreshes the Imam, reciting La ilaha illallah. And Nabi Sallam declares this as Awzalu Zikr. And a woman has got so much of time every day, every minute of the day to be reading something else, to be at some email, to be looking at some, at some social media, and then whatever else you will read, the newspaper you will read. Allah knows best how many things will be read. But Azzalul Zikr, but Nabi Sallallahu declared Azzalul Zikr, which becomes the very foundation of Iman, but the whole day goes past sometimes in every very once. Now this is, sometimes we discuss some things which are very, very intricate, very high-flying, but this is coming back to basics. This is where it all starts. All the other very, very intricate things are all for later. This is where it starts, that we bring the Iman alive. And one of the essential things in that is the zikr of Allah That a mu'min, there must be some part of his day dedicated for the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. With no distraction. Banda or khuda. It's him and his rabb. Whether it is five minutes, ten minutes. But without any distraction to remember Allah Ta'ala. And this is something which has been emphasized in the ahadith. So many ahadiths emphasize this verbal zikr. Because the verbal zikr brings the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala in the heart eventually. When something is repeatedly recited with the tongue, or mentioned, or spoken about, eventually that is what sits in the heart. person whole day is talking about six figures, seven figures, then it becomes eight figures. Then even if he doesn't have two coins to rub against one another, but this is his subject. This is the talk. This is what he hears about all the time. So this is what you dream about. This is what you will keep thinking about how he's going to be trying to get that. But he hasn't even got two coins to rub against one another. Eventually his life passes like that and he's gone, but dreaming only about that. Why? Because this is what he speaks, this is what he listens to, and that is what he made the object of his life. And then a person will bring the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala on his tongue, and Deen has given us this remembrance of Allah Ta'ala throughout the day. Merely a person's eyes have opened the zikr, zikr in various forms. One is the recitation of the Azkar, various ayat of the Quran Sharif, various Masnoon du'as, as we call them, Masnoon du'as. Alhamdulillah, illati ahyana, ba'dama amatana, wa ilayhi nushur. All these du'as to recite. At every occasion there is a du'a. What is meant to be achieved out of this? 
and the person never forgets another. A person never ever should forget another. When he eats at that time there's a dua. While eating his du'as, in between during the course of that meal, after eating there's a dua. At so many occasions before he enters the toilet there's a dua. And when he leaves the toilet there's a dua. So that this insan never becomes happy. To the point when his spouses need there's a dua. At a time when it's complete apparently hopeless, complete neglect and unmindfulness. But Nabi Sassim's pure teachings have sought a dua for that occasion as well. SubhanAllah, can we imagine? Uh, this is the thing to bring zikr alive in our hearts and lives, and then inshallah, with the barakat of the zikr, deen will come alive in our lives. Because this will bring the consciousness of Allah. So, this is the first lesson that the Rishnah gives us in this, of the zikr. And unfortunately, to the extent that the zikr is neglected, other things will take its place. When social media has taken a person's life, then there will be a lot of time to be looking at so many messages. But to recite half a page of Quran Sharif is just no time. Half a page of Quran Sharif is impossible. To make some tasbihah, recite Guru Sharif or Nabi Sallallahu hundred times, fifty times, not possible. Why? Because when the zikr went out, something else took, there's no vacuum. There cannot be a vacuum. Something else took the place. Until that doesn't come out, this won't be able to come in. So now a person has time for everything. But now, because zikr has gone out, so first it will be things which are apparently kosher. But then things would be clearly impermissible. That will also creep in. Now a person was first reading some messages from all in sundry and the whole world. But then that lost its... There's no, no more any entertainment in it for him. So now he needs to get on to something more entertaining. And the more entertaining will now be something haram. Which obviously is poison now. But sometimes the poison has apparently a sweet taste. But once it hits the throat, it's going to start killing him. So now he starts looking at haram. He's listening to all kinds of haram. And now he's killing his heart. And then besides killing his heart, he starts killing his iman. Allah forbid he starts killing everything. And he starts killing his marriage, he starts killing his deen and dunya. But what is the root issue? The root issue is he gave space to all this because the zikr of Allah went out, the tilawah went out, all the things that take a person closer to Allah went out to create the vacuum. And there's no vacuum that gets filled with something. So the first thing that we start to mention and the smallest branch, comparatively speaking, smallest branch, is to remove something harmful from the way. Whatever will give a person taklif, something that will hurt somebody, cause inconvenience to someone, he doesn't allow that to remain. He didn't drop it. He wasn't responsible for that. But this is his iman. His iman cannot allow him to see something that will harm somebody else and leave it there. This is the sign of a living Iman. This is a sign that Iman is well and alive. That he saw somebody else had been responsible for it, but it's going to cause harm to my Muslim brother. It's going to cause harm and technique to humanity. Let alone that, it will harm an animal. His Iman doesn't allow him to just bypass it without doing something about it. Now, if this has become a person's condition, 
that his iman won't allow him to pass something that somebody else is responsible for, which will be a source of inconvenience. Can you imagine that this person himself will cause tatlif and difficulty to others? When he is concerned that somebody else has been responsible for this, but I can't leave it aside. I'm going to sort it out. I'm going to move it out of the way to the extent I can. Can it be imagined that he will give any difficulty to somebody? Whether it is in the form of usurping somebody's wealth, harming somebody, cheating somebody, robbing someone, defrauding someone, or whether it is giving somebody mental anxiety and pressure because of the way he speaks to the person, because of the way he just commands and demands, because of the way he keeps finding small, small things to pick on somebody's also. Whereas which insan is perfect? Insan is insan. The perfect personality is with the Anbiya Ali Wasallam. They have passed on. Everybody has their faults. We have our faults. But now he makes this his mission. That the smallest thing that is not his, according to his liking, there is no such thing as akhlaq, there is no such thing as tolerance, and then everybody has to be um, walking on eggshells. If a person, his imam is alive and well on this branch of imam, that this is the lowest branch of imam that he does not he moves away what will cause harm to somebody else. Then giving quickly what branch of where is that where is that branch? This is the lowest branch. This is the smallest branch. Where does that follow? That obviously got nothing to do with Iman. That is gone somewhere else. So now this is the thing that will become his condition. And he will become a source of good for everyone. When he enters that home, there'll be a sense of happiness for everyone. MashaAllah, our father has come back. The husband has come home. Our son has come home. And there will be a source of happiness because it will be a source of comfort for everyone. And otherwise, everybody will be holding their breath. And some will be silently making dua. And others will be just at edge all the time. Wherever this person now goes, that will become the condition. As somebody just says that I'm with so and so, I have to measure every word. Because I don't know where I might just get taken to task. That is not how Nabi Salaam conducted himself. So now this, when this branch of Iman comes alive, now a person will conduct himself with that akhlaq that will become a source of happiness for everyone. And then Nabi Salaam says, وَالْحَيَاءُ شُعْبَةٌ مِّنَ iman." That haya, modesty and shame, this is a huge branch of Iman. شُعْبَةٌ عَظِيمَةٌ that if Haya is alive, then there will be many, many other aspects of Iman alive. And if Haya dies, then other things will die with it. If Haya dies, respect will be gone out of the window. And this is something that we are living in this situation. Where that parent has become old, then he's spoken to like a child. Why? Because Haya is not there. There's no shame. Now that father will say something and Poor person has become old, he's now maybe a little bit senile, or whatever the case is, or maybe he's not as smart enough as that young person now who is all the time on the smartphone. So now his very, very ancient ideas just get run down like, oh, a child is just run down. Is that the way to speak to one's parents? But there's no haya, there won't be any respect left. There won't be haya, then there won't be any respect for even the symbols of being. That a person now, so many places, this is an ongoing concern and the 
that in the masjid also people are sitting with their phones and all kinds of social media or whatever else, watching things which are not even permissible to look at outside. But you tell the person something, he takes offense at it. So now the respect of the house of Allah are gone. Why? Because Haya is gone. A person got no shame. He's got no shame, he's got no respect. It doesn't matter who says what now. Otherwise, if they shame, then the least is he won't do something that will bring disgrace to him. But now he's not bothered. So the respect of the house of Allah is gone, respect for parents is gone, respect for anyone and everyone is gone. And Haya is missing, this will happen. And this Haya is being systematically destroyed. This is being systematically destroyed through the media, through all the things, every billboard almost is becoming a means of destroying this Haya. Whether it is that magazines and the newspapers and whatever else comes in their home, and all and sundry are looking at it at the same time, and what filth is there, what kind of filthy pictures are there, which it is beyond description in terms of being that can this be ever be tolerated in a Muslim home. But all this is now systematically destroying that haya. And that haya goes, a child doesn't think of how he's speaking to his own parents. He'll speak anyhow. He doesn't feel comfortable about something that they have asked him to do, he just blurt everything out. He will talk to his own parents like he's talking not even to his younger brother. Something beyond that. All this is a result of this lack of haya. That dressing, it will matter whether a person is dressed or whether that dressing is more likely or rather more uh, worthy of being called undressed. But that woman will be proud about it. And she'll find this is what has made her advance. This is now what keeping her one in line with the trend. Whereas the lanat of Allah is descending, that is far away from the heart and mind. And then those around also don't have any issue with it. Whether it's that husband or father or brother, everybody becomes comfortable with it over time. What? It hasn't become comfortable. It is like a person, he says, no, I used to be very, very, when that uh, neighbor used to play that music at a full volume, I just couldn't handle it. But now over time, I think probably he has dropped the volume down. I'm managing it. That person didn't drop the volume down. He's hearing now, he got deaf little bit. Because he got deaf, he thought now he's fine. So likewise, when that haya has dropped, when that haya, nobody finds any, any offense anymore. It's not that he's not offensive. It's now the person has become blind to a point. Those cataracts have settled in the eyes. Now, this is a very dangerous trend. Allah forbid these things don't remain at a point. They go on an incline. They keep going downwards. And if it's not stopped now, we don't make a concerted effort to turn the tide. Then the next generation that will come, then there won't be any sign whether this is a child from a Muslim home or somebody that has come from the naked West. Because this will just keep going like, in that manner unless it is stopped in its tracks. And this is what we are being told in this Hadith Sharif. Well, Haya min al Iman. Haya is a very great branch of Iman. This has to be kept alive. This is the time of the year where all these things become even more important. Keeping the zikr of Allah Ta'ala alive in this time of the year when this ghaflat and this unmindfulness and neglect comes at a peak. Everybody is on a holiday, so they take holiday from deen. They take holiday from human values also. They start throwing things from high-rise buildings because the year has now come to an end. They become like animals. And this time is a time to increase this remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. 
not to become part of the crowd. This is a time to increase the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. It's a time to become more conscious of Haya and to save ourselves and others from every kind of taqlif as well. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, give me and all of us in Tawheed. Allah Ta'ala, keep us steadfast on Iman, take us on Iman, and raise us on the day of Qiyamah to Iman. Wa akhirat